Hi everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the FPL Renegades podcast. We're here recording on Tuesday the 8th of December. Game week 11 is just gone. A number made iconic during our childhood, Kirks, by the great Ryan Giggs. Oh, this is the dodgy topic. Go on. And a man that has never been compared to Ryan Giggs in his life. He's not very hairy. There's absolutely zero chance your wife will cheat on you with him. And he's actually got a lethal right foot. It's Kirk's. (laughs) That was terrible. (laughs) I think the plan is for them to be terrible, Kirk's. If they were too smooth and too suave, it would just be a bit produced. It's the opposite to gigs. If you say it backwards, it's gig. (laughs) Plus, I ended on a compliment. I said you had a lethal right foot. It is. I have a lethal left foot as well, though, so it's... I wouldn't mind. He could could have compared me to a, his mazy runs and lethal left foot as well. And you lost me at runs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was pushing it. So yeah, like I said, game week eleven is gone, and um, the weeks are flying in for me. Uh, need to start making some serious moves. These baby green arrows aren't enough for me, especially oh. coming into Christmas. I would have liked to be in the top five hundred by now. To be honest, you usually would be. <laughs> I'm about to blow my load. Uh, nearly a third of the way through the season, in fairness. Like, have to stop giving out about all these teams now that I'm saying are going to get relegated or can't win the league because, you know, nearly a third of the way through. It's like they're going to be there, thereabouts, even if they blow up now. Yeah, the, the data's there. We kind of got to start taking them all on their merits, and we'll talk about it later on. But, you know, some of the teams that might be challenging for the title and some of the kind of smaller teams who are doing well FPL wise we can probably start to bank on them a little bit because they're yeah they've been producing this is the, the actual table starting to shape up so you know can't keep dismissing the Tottenham for top four but oh, that's no. one of your things that's one of the things you do best Kirk's vendettas we said every week <laughs> the Kirk's vendetta I think you just settle on a team or two early in the season and then you won't change your mind no matter what no, a bit stubborn like that. It's entertaining. I, 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 sometimes I find it's it's grounded in some sort of sense at the start and then just kind of starts to fade away. It's like, no, I'm just not going back on it. I'm just going to double down. And also, I mean, Villa are falling in the league. Everything are dropping away at the top six. It's all starting to come to, uh, to, to reality. Yeah. To be honest, I can't say my heart is completely in this podcast. I regret signing a contract to record every Tuesday. I completely <laughs> forgot about the United Champions League game. And I've actually but, forgotten about Champions League altogether. I watched so much of the Premier League over the weekend that by the time it finishes on a Monday, I just like don't want to watch any more football. Yeah, I haven't what, seen a Champions League game this season. There you go. My wife is downstairs watching United Leipzig match, and I'm stuck up in this little dungeon spare room of mine. And stuck. That's awful. Usually, I'm delighted to be here, but and if it was like game <laughs> week. Game week two of the Champions League where it doesn't really mean anything and United were playing against Grasshopper Zurich or someone, I'd be like, well, I can I can sacrifice that, do the pod. Seeing as it's kind of all or nothing in this game and United are making a complete balls of it after 15 minutes, 2-0 down, uh, maybe the pod isn't the worst place maybe, to be. Yeah, maybe it's just better to turn it off and hope for the best. Yeah, I have it on on the screen here above me, so if I let out any kind of shrieks, you know shrieks or screams on. yeah yeah shrieks of joy or shrieks of uh despair i'll let you try and decide which is which uh like i said game week 11 ryan Giggs, tell me about your game week um 
I suppose the best place to start is the actual transfers I made in the end. So I remember last week I was talking about it and it's just like Wilson and Grealish completely screwed over my team. Um, so I had to do something with them. Uh, so I ended up taking out Grealish and I took out Cancelo and I brought in James and Mares, which is a bit of a strange one. I was trying to think of a maybe a three or four game week move. In the end, <laughs> Cancelo fucking started. Cheers, Pep. Like <laughs> I was like, I couldn't decide. I was going to take out Foden or Cancelo, and I was like, right, one of these isn't going to play. And I was like, full sure it was Foden. Uh, and then I was kind of like, ah, oh, Cancelo played midweek. Walker's been rested. If Foden even gets on for half an hour, he's likely to get an assist or a goal. But Cancelo gets on for 15 minutes. Like, what the fuck are you going to get out of that? So I took out Cancelo and he started. So that was a bit of a kick in the teeth. But uh, James got an assist. Uh, Mara's got a bonus point. So obviously Grealish got nothing. So it kind of cancelled itself out a little bit. Um, other than that, all my points really just came from uh, Captain and De Bruyne and Salah, which I, I think is one of the things you're going to talk about later. But just the premiums all delivered this week. And it, they all kind of cancelled each other out. So I had uh, 69 points. The average points was 62, with most of them coming from Salah and De Bruyne. And then I think a couple of assists dotted around. Had I gotten a clean sheet for the the Brighton game last night, it would have been deadly. Like it would have been a proper big green arrow. But as it was, it's a hundred thousand places up, <laughs> up from three point six million to three point five million or something like that. <laughs> but uh, no, it's, it seems in a good place. It's just um, I no, no, it. it's not. <laughs> no team, the team people I have on my team is now in a good okay. place, having taken fucking five hits or something over 11 weeks sorry but, Kirks, um, fpl listeners are very literal i just didn't want them thinking that you thought 3.6 million is a good place we oh, no, lose no, no, our 16 listeners or whatever we have these days no right some sort of uh, obsessed goal now we're trying to get into the top 1 million and then 100,000. see how that goes um no it just it just players wise it, it i think it's it's a bit better than it was well it should be um I have a transfer now this week, but I don't have anything pressing. Like, I don't have any injuries, suspensions, no abandoned matches to deal with. So hopefully I can actually make a transfer that um, I want to make. <laughs> I suppose being forced to make. Okay. Yeah, it was okay. Green Arrow anyway. I'm going to try and be professional, except I don't get paid for doing this. So how professional can I be? It's, it's fucking 3-0 to Leipzig. <laughs> Revenge. I was gonna say at the at the minute they're gonna outdo the five 0 like they're absolutely thumping them. He might be offside. Anyway, um, back to FPL. I don't think there's much we can do except hope for a green arrow every week. Now, I don't mean hope. I mean set up our team and if we get it all right and we get even the smallest a green arrow, it's all we can hope for. Like and just hopefully yeah. some are bigger than others. You can't really demand that they're you know monstrous green arrows. I'm probably but, in a similar boat to you this week. Yeah, but I suppose you're small moves like if you move up a thousand places where you are it's a lot better than me moving a hundred thousand places where i am like a clean sheet for brighton last night probably would have put me up a million places yeah do you <laughs> like... do you have ryan and lamptey yeah yeah okay yeah it would have been nice all right but what can you do green arrow just keep focusing on making green the right arrows. moves and getting little green arrows uh are you done yeah go for it i actually i was going to I'll probably talk about it later. But I was going to talk about the Brighton game, but uh, I might bring it up as the hot topic. Okay, cool. I got 73 points, so a little bit above the average. I think you said it was 62. 
Game week rank of 1.7 million. I think it was quite a deceptively high scoring week. Um, yeah, the high, very high average, um, like overall. So I think yeah. the top 10K and the average quite close. Usually like over 70 points, your game week rank is going to be better than that. But I was overall, I was happy. But just the way it panned out, it was kind of quite tough. Because after Saturday, I was absolutely flying. I'd gone from 200K to 55K. And, yeah. you know, I was, look, if I have a good Sunday or if certain people blank, I might win FPL. I was, I was dreaming, so I was. And then as it stood, I, all of the big guns on Sunday that I didn't have went, went big. So they did. So my green arrow was 19K. So I've gone Cancelled. from two. 200k to 181k i've just given you a pep talk which i didn't mean at all but i'm gonna have to hold <laughs> myself to it look if, if we just keep getting green arrows every week that's all we can hope for um what was i happy with i four green arrows in a row now and i was having a look at my captains i've no captaincy blank since game week six so that was a big fault of mine last season and i don't know why but just didn't really nail enough captains but i'm on a nice little run now and it shows you how important it is in the grand scheme of things like you know it's such a a big indicator of a green arrow like if you nail your captain it's half the battle really isn't it oh yeah definitely okay it's a bit uneven actually to be honest i mean if you nail your captain and he gets a, a goal assist or two goals and a clean sheet or something like it can be most of your points which is probably a little bit disappointing but that's the way it is would you be in favor of scrapping captains do you think it would make it a better game yeah i'd, I'd love that I, I think it's just too much too many points come out of the captain and like if it's a salad to De Bruyne or whatever, like I'd like to see more choices brought in so people who make the right choices get um, the benefits rather than just a ghost team that can leave a captain on De Bruyne for the season. Oh yeah, and, uh, and win win game weeks. I think it'd be a definitely a more highly skilled game if there was no captains. But I quite like the variance that it offers. It gives a bit of randomness. But uh, I quite like it. But I, I fully understand people that would want to get rid of it. I think it would make it a more interesting game in that way. But yeah, my team, KDB captain. Um, I was looking, only two players didn't return. So I think there were Jesus and Dallas. Uh, Jesus has been a little bit disappointing. Brought him in for two games. He got one assist. Didn't really look like scoring, but he, he could have got a few assists and got a few more points. Um, happy with the decision. You know, bring him in for home games against Burnley and Fulham when we predicted Man City would go kind of mad and they didn't go mad against Fulham, but you know, they're back to their normal selves. I thought they were kind of quite content just to pass it around yeah, they could against have, they Fulham. They could have scored more against Fulham as well. Like it's not like that it's it was just two nil and or whatever. It was like they could have easily have had another two goals. Yeah, I think they took the foot off the pedal after two nil, and it's just like if another few goals come, they come. Um yeah, I was chuffed with my goalkeeper decision. I was talking about it last week and I told you I was gonna go without a goalkeeper. And just because our loyal and kind of long-standing and I suppose attentive listeners will know I'm not really a goalkeeper kind of person. Like I'm just one 4.5 million goalie, nothing else for the season. So when I was looking at it, none of them stood out. I didn't want any of them for the next few games. And it's just like, I'm better off without a goalie and having two transfers this week. And uh, all of the 4.5s conceded. Yeah, that was my game week. Like I said, 181K, quite happy going into next week. And for someone who went in kind of willingly to the game week with 10 players. It worked out quite well. 
Yeah, um, no, that, 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 that was definitely a... It was always risky taking a keeper unless you wanted to switch to somebody you wanted to stick with. I think that's what we were saying. Like, there's no point for one week flipping someone and then regretting having to go back or whatever. Yeah, and can I just talk briefly about one of my FPL bugbears that I probably bring up every week now? Checking your rank after every incident and every match, right? So I checked it at the end of Saturday and I was 55k. I was like, happy days. Do you know, season begins now. Retribution <laughs> for last season. It's like, Drew, you are back. But can you imagine I was checking it all through the game week? Uh, I could have been even higher. Like I could have been 20k, 30k. I have no idea. I wasn't checking it. And You've missed out on all those highs. Yeah, but I don't want to see every kind of up and down of the game week. Do you know, you kind of more ups and downs than... What you're saying is ban live FPL. I think so, yeah. I think it makes people <laughs> miserable. Unless you're having... <laughs> it gives you mental like issues. I can't I can't cope with this. My weekend is ruined. Yeah. And I, I just think if you're... If I had went the opposite, so just say I was checking it during Saturday and instead of being top 55k, I, I'd had a 500k red arrow. I could start like formulating all sorts of bad Crazy transfers plans. and I could mentally be on tilt. But then all my players on Sunday kind of come good and then cancels out all of the horrificness. But in my head, I've made some of these plans and I might feel hard to get away from them. I don't you know? think you've, you've ever made a substitution though before the end of the game week. No, not before the end of the game week. But if you kind of have it planned in your head, do you ever kind of, we do this all the time at home. Someone will suggest a certain kind of takeaway and then we'll talk ourselves out of it. And it'll be like, ah, no, we'll, we'll go home and we eat some vegetables instead. But you can guarantee by the end of the week, we will have had that takeaway. It's just been in your head. It's like, it could be McDonald's. It could be like the local tie. It's just, we're... we're Whatever sm- was mentioned, you can't get rid of it until you eat it. Yeah, it's like Final Destination. It'll just catch up with us. Like, we'll, I bet, I can guarantee you within the week, we will have gone and got that food. I do it all the time in FPL, in fairness. I get hooked on certain players. I'm like convinced that they're going to come good. Yeah, and I Ram- just think I'd Ramsey, be you completely like that. Yeah, Ramsey. Do you remember? He was a good FPL player, to be fair to you, though. I know, he's just very hard to catch. I always used to trade bringing him in. Ugh. Anyway. Um, so we both got green arrows. We've got to be relatively happy. Um, yeah, was anything a, else just, stand out just, from the game week? I was just going to say that the actual, just a lot of the scores in the game week kind of reflected the, the better teams. Um, one that stands out, though, is just the... Uh, the Tottenham Arsenal game, unbelievable. But uh, Chelsea look really good. Um, I don't know if that's is that something we have later on. But like Chelsea were were beat Leeds three one, and like they were by far the better team. Looked very dangerous. Um, had plenty of guys coming off the bench. Plenty of guys like cover for the back, cover for midfield. Um, I think they're uh, they're well worth their uh, win. West Ham should have beaten New- or United. What do you think of that? Um, yeah, it was kind of. Proper cliche, game of two halves. Like they probably could have been two or three nil up in the first half, and then there's no chance United came back. And then, in fairness, when Bruno and Rashford came on, it did change things a little bit. And they got unlucky with the first goal. Like the ball was definitely out of play. You know, yeah, Henry, oh yeah, the big, big swerve, yeah. Big hoof. And uh, a lot had to happen for the goal to go in. But I, I do think it was completely a game of two halves. Like West Ham didn't take their chances, and they, they could have bet United, but they didn't. Like I, I think. United deserved the win in the second half, which might yeah. not have happened if they were two or three behind. I did. I didn't see the full game. Like I was just looking at the numbers, and it was just, uh, just like in terms of shots, shots on target, possession, chances, xG. Like it looked like um, a lot higher than three one. 
Yeah. Uh, Jared Bowen looks like a very good player. And then one of our favourites, Sebastian Allaire, was a play through one-on-one, kind of cut inside. Oh, that's what we did. A few defenders on their arse. The goalie was in no man's land and he was about to tap it in and he just crumpled. It looked like a sniper had shot him. (laughs) And it it didn't look natural. I don't know how he slipped because he wasn't really moving. So you're saying foul play, are you? His his weight kind of just collapsed beneath him. And uh, 2-0, United are like the comeback kings right now, but I... Maybe not tonight, but uh, I find it hard to believe that they would have come back from 2-0 and then it could have been 3-0, 4-0 even in the first half. Bruno, Bruno's still showing his FPL gold. They were good in the second half, to be fair to them. Um, the other yeah. one was... Um, Brighton said Hampton, you said you wanted to talk about. <laughs> Brighton Hampton. I just feel really sorry for Brighton because like, if you watch them, they're actually really good. Um, and again, like stats-wise... They're probably the better team, better XG, more shots, more possession, uh, more chances. Like you just like have to wonder what these guys have to do to actually beat somebody. Um, I was saying to you before that we start recording. Like if you look at the expected points table, they're fourth. Yeah. Like that's ridiculous. They're fourth. Kirk, do you just love Brighton because they have Adam Lalana? No, I like him because they have Potter. <laughs> I don't remember from last year. I can't remember. We didn't know who he was at the start of last year. And uh, Willie did, yeah, we kept going on about him, but uh, in fairness to him, like same as Hasnoodle, in, in fairness, or maybe even Brendan Rogers at, at Leicester, like he just seems to have a way he wants to play and he's gotten it across. But I just can't believe their luck, uh, in terms of not being able to finish off games or score goals, like or even just conceding like crap penalties. They're um, very interesting team to watch. Just I just can't believe the disparity between their where they are in the league and what the expected points are. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's interesting, though, sorry, just to flip it. So Hampton are the other team who are totally overperforming. Like, they're by far the most uh, highest difference in points between their expected points and what they have. Um, it was, I don't know, I don't know why I find these things interesting, but I do. The team with the highest uh, negative against the team with the highest positive change in points. <laughs> Uh, and of course, it was a dodgy penalty that won it for Southampton. Yeah, true. And look, we want different, interesting things on the show, Kirk. Because we can't all have. <laughs> we do like you. You're like a quirky little man with all these like <laughs> Brighton-related hot topics. Well, it just you don't like watching them. Like I know I do like watching them, but I'll kind of play devil's advocate. At some point, you have to kind of hold something against them and say maybe they're a bit soft, and you know they need to adjust something to see out matches or. I think it's just luck for them a little bit. I don't know what it is, to be honest. It could be luck. Like, we've only had 10, 11 game weeks. Like, that might not even itself out for a whole season, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, like, they, they should have absolutely thumped United. And it's the game I keep coming back to because I'm a United yeah, fan and I watched it. But And they also hit the, what was it, hit the bar, the bar three times or something? Trossard hit the post, was that that one? I think Trossard might have hit the woodwork three times. I think they hit it even more. And, uh... I might have had Bruno as my captain and he scored a penalty in like the 200 minutes. <laughs> yeah, like it was a cl- penalty. Classic FEL games. So yeah, let's move on to game week 12. Um, I'll talk about my team first. I'll give you a breather. You can kind of... Check what the hell's happening next week. <laughs> yeah, reset. Have a look at your team. See what your plan is because I've my plan kind of set the last week or two and I've been lucky enough with injuries and price rises and that I can still do the transfers that I'd hoped to. So it's all uh, 
plain sailing for me, to be honest. Uh, so yeah, game week 12. The, I have a big conflict on my team for the first time in a while. I have the Manchester Derby and I own Fernandez. I own KDB. And the last few weeks, they've been big, big kind of point scorers of mine. And it's hard to imagine both of them going big in the one match. In my head, that yeah. would be either quite tight or maybe City might oh, just smash This them. is one of my things now. Are you going to make a call? I'm not going to make a call because I think, oh, are they are they not kind of the two elite kind of of the elites? You can't really make a call at that level. I think if you're spending 11 and a half and 10 and yeah, a half, so you have this you have thing about them. money, like where you think money equals points. Says like Mr. Money. Bank over here. Well, I fucked my bank up, but money is not equal points. Like if... If you're putting someone on the bench who's playing another team, if you get it right, you're an FPL god. Yeah, they both, it, wrong, though, yeah. <laughs> they both take penalties. They both take penalties as well. They've just so many uh, avenues to score in. But uh, it's the first thing that stands out when I look at my team. But the rest of it looks quite okay. So I have two free transfers. I've Gabriel Jesus. I've kind of alluded to it. I gave him his chance. He's going to go now and just watch him score a brace against United when I get rid of him. But it's just one of those things. Um, the transfer has been booked. He hasn't been impress- impressive enough for me to even yeah, think about keeping enough. him. Aguero's um, probably getting a little bit closer as well. That's it, because Jesus, I'd be quite keen to have for the game after that, which is West Brom at home. But uh, Aguero, you know, if he gets a couple of minutes in the Champions League, comes on against United. I don't know where he is, though. He's just kind of disappeared. It's like, maybe yeah, he's I thought, dead. I thought he was actually back training, but they didn't want to rush him because the last time they rushed him back, he just went off injured. My big move, my big priority is I have Mane. I got him in when Salah got COVIDed and Salah's just been killing me ever since. And the plan was to get Salah <laughs> back in for Mane this week. So we're going to make that move. We'll just take it on the chin. It's just one of those where you can imagine Mane finally catches fire and scores a hat-trick against Fulham. And I'm like, but I brought in Salah. Salah but, will get an assist and a penalty. So be all right. Yeah, it's one of those. Just ownership and... Just going forwards, I think it's a lot uh, safer on and Salah. So then Jesus is going to go down to, I'm hoping Bamford. Uh, I see no better alternative. We seem to talk about him week in, week out. He's all the stats. He's picking up enough goals. Like he's he's all the shots, all the shots in the box, all of the XG. He misses so many chances, but he still scores enough goals to keep him more than viable. Have you any other alternatives for me? So Jesus to... I'm just looking at the uh, the news there to see what the story is with the Newcastle West Brom game. Um, yeah. So they're back training, so they're hopeful now that it actually will go ahead. So numbers wise, and in terms of a starting number nine, he's going to get all the chances, take penalties. Wilson uh, is obviously the guy I'm keeping an eye on. But okay. I suppose it's just the same guys as, as normal, isn't it? It's DCL Wilson. Ings is back. Yeah, he's a little bit more expensive, but he's on the radar. He must be cheaper than Jesus, though. It gives you enough to uh, do the transfer up. Oh, he is. And to be honest, I don't need any money to do the transfer up because it's only like one point. It's like not point one or not point two, and I kept money in the bank for that. Yeah. So, but I just don't want to keep Jesus against United when I think like Bamford plays West Ham, Wilson plays West Brom. I think they're just gonna outscore him. Yeah. So, yeah. And then Samson's aren't bad. Uh, mix a mix a mix and match of of games. Mishmash, um, Southampton or bleh, Southampton versus Sheffield, Arsenal, City, but then Fulham, like eh, 50-50 I'm not going to overthink it anyway. Salah in and my captain against Fulham. And, yeah, uh, he's, that's a good. One. See what happens. But yeah, I'm kind of 
feeling quite confident going into this week, which is always, there always seem to be the dangerous weeks when your team looks great on paper and then you get 30 points. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm expecting as well. But you probably, like if I look at my team the last few weeks, uh, Bruno and KDB have probably contributed to like at least 25%, 40% even of all my points when you take into account captains. Yeah, if they're, yeah, if they're going head to head, it might really lower my kind of ceiling. But that happens in the season, doesn't it? Teams yeah, play you're probably teams. in the same boat as a lot of people. I mean, all you're probably looking for is that Spurs don't go mad because it's probably just Kane Sun ownership that would hurt you. Yeah. Uh, especially people who've doubled up. Who are they playing this week? Uh, Palace away, I think. That's the kind of game I can imagine it being nil nil, one nil Palace, five nil Spurs. You don't know what <laughs> Palace is going to show up like. Yeah, or which, what Spurs are going to do. Oh, I hate them so much. Will Jose park the bus against Palace? Who knows? He will. He'll park some <laughs> sort of bus. It'll be a small bus at least. A mini bus. <laughs> Unbelievable. Like, Chris Palace ran out five one winners last day, mainly because of the red card and a few whatever bits of skill. But like Jose's probably shown that video to the lads going, lads, we've got to get the bus. Got to get the bus out. They've scored five goals. Yeah. Fuck it. He's just uh, talking to Heiberg now. You're driving. Get on the <laughs> bus. You're driving. Uh, so, yeah, that's my team anyway. Um, I'm delighted I have two free transfers because I so nearly brought in a sub goalie, which just would have been pointless. How, are you, looking, decision. how are you looking for that's, game week 12? Yeah, see, I was saying earlier on, like after all these hits I've taken, I've actually gotten my team into a somewhat decent position. Um, so I now have a transfer to make and nothing, no fires to fight. So I suppose I wanted to check with you what you thought of two things. I've got two Brighton players playing against Leicester. Okay. So a goalkeeper and a defender. And I've got Justin, a defender for Leicester <laughs> playing against Brighton. Right. So I'm tempted just to go with the two Brighton lads. Fuck it. Okay. And uh, hope for a, a Brighton result because the rest of my team, like so my back line, James, Gabriel, Robertson, right? They all play. So James is playing against Everton, Gabriel home to Burnley, Robertson away to Fulham, right? So they all start. Then at midfield, Salah away to Fulham, captain. I think a no brainer. De Bruyne plays regardless. I've got Podens, who's at home to Villa, which I, I think is, is decent enough. Yeah, fine. Um, Wilson at home to West Brom, good enough. Werner away to Everton, good enough. So Mares is the is the probably the odd one who sticks out. And on the bench, I've got Foden and Justin. <laughs> Jesus. So I could bring in Justin for Lamptey, but then I've kind of got uh, the Brighton goalkeeper and a, a Leicester defender. Praying like, for nil all. Praying for nil all, which is, I don't know how likely that is. And then the other one is just leave Mares in the team, put Justin on the bench, leave Foden on the bench. And just hope that Maris keeps his spot against City or against United. I, I, the thing about Pep is I could see him changing his team slightly for the United game uh, and bringing Maris back in against um, West Brom. Um, so it, it just Pep roulette a little bit. I could see him. I could see him maybe dropping Maris and putting in like a Torres and, and Sterling in, in case he needed to kind of get a bit more. How do you think they're going to play against United? Like the previous seasons, it's been pretty much all City, United on the break, but like lethal on the break, like just whatever three on twos that kind of taking them apart. Like they've, they've had a great um, run of results against them. Yeah, United have. Yeah. Yeah, and like 
as a negative United fan, I was saying to one of my mates today, this is actually the first Manchester derby in a long time that I, I'm not going into it expecting a hiding. Because United usually go in, City are in better form, they've better players really on paper, and you kind of expect them to get the win. And like you said, United have just done a job on them. They've kind of played into their hands. Um, I yeah. don't know how it's going to go. In terms of Mares and just predicting the City lineup, I think you just have to look at the Champions League minutes. It's as close as a kind of indicator that you're ever going to get. And it's not anyway guaranteed. But if you see Mares playing Champions League, it's a big red flag. Whereas if you see Ferran Torres playing 90 minutes tomorrow, I doubt he's yeah. going to start against United. Um, like I, I would personally, I'd rather see Foden play. If I was Pep, I'd rather have Foden playing against United because he puts in a bit more of a shift. Like he gets around, he's nippy, he's he closes down. He's probably a little bit more of a, of a team player drop into midfield whereas Mares is probably the guy you want if you have all the and you're trying to get through a, a very deep line defense yeah so it depends how United are going to play a bit as well like I could I could make a, a decent case for either of them in terms of the the setup but uh for first time in about 10 game weeks I actually have a team where I have a choice to make on the bench and a transfer I can use to actually improve my team without having to like force myself into a red card coverage or an injury or yeah. COVID or something. So I might actually swap my goalkeeper now, but he's you've dropped the price to prick. <laughs> you've called me out on it. Uh, I'd play Mares just because the price nearly, I'd find it hard to put an 8.4 million city player on my bench, even if he's playing United. Like you look at who they've played recently, like everyone scores against them. Um Mares played really, really well against Fulham without getting any returns. He got that magical bonus point that we've been laughing about ever since. Yeah. No assists, no goals. It's pretty hard to get a bonus point. It shows you how well he played. Um, I think he has to start. Like He's in just great form. And I think he's starting to put in more of a shift. Like I think he's, I think that's why yeah. Pep's playing him a bit more. He is starting to tr- kind of track back a bit. And I, press I found and... his form switched a lot, though. Like If you go back three or four, five game weeks, I thought he was very wasteful, very like greedy, very like just a bit not. Then you go back to like this week and the week before and he was pretty brilliant. Like yeah. I just wonder like if he goes on and off the boil very quickly and he's got his hat trick, he played well last week and now he'll, he'll disappear. Like that's always my concern with Maris. Um, he'll just be dropped and then he won't really find his feet again for another couple of months and he'll come back and score another hat trick. <laughs> but like, yeah. Any inclination to get rid of Foden? Like you've had him for, you no, must I have him get, about I, six weeks, do you? I am getting rid of Foden, but it's Rafina is the one on the radar and the, the fixtures aren't bad. Like he's he's a decent price that you could bring him in and out, but Leeds have West Ham, Newcastle, United, Burnley, West Brom. Um, you're bringing in Bamford. I yeah. have Wilson, which I'll probably stick with. So Rafinha was my way into that team uh, and he looked like he's got a, a goal on him. He looks like he's an assist. So, it was a straight swap Foden to Rafina. Um, just Foden is total FOMO. It's like at some point he's going to play. Like even when he gets half an hour, he gets an assist, he gets a goal. Like at some point over the Christmas period, they're going to be stuck with fixtures, no Champions League, and he's going to play a few games and he's going to score. And I just, I think it's haunted me that I know it's going to happen. Yeah. What's <laughs> I, the I have to take him out. cost of that though? Like you've held him for so long and he's kind of, there are other mid-price players performing pretty well, like Jota. Um, I'm not going to bring anybody in this week. So say yeah. I swapped out Foden this week. I brought in Rafina, or I brought in... I, I, 
maybe could have squeezed Grealish out of it. But like, who do I drop? Like, I have Salah, De Bruyne, Podence, Amare starting there. Like, unless I'm dropping Mares, in which case, why don't I just sell Mares and bring in, I don't know, Son or somebody if I can. Yeah. Can I tell you what one of my future moves in my head is as well, which might kind of, I don't know if it'll assist you, but so I'm going to bring in Bamford this week for Jesus and Salah for Mane, but I've 3.3 million in the bank. Whew. And the following week, I'm, I'm thinking of turning Barkley, who I've held on to just because I didn't need that slot. It's kind of like you said, there's no point using the transfer when he would have been on my bench. Like I've had a fairly capable 11 every week. I can turn him into Mares, which I'm quite keen on doing before West Brom. So yeah. I, I wouldn't get rid of Mares before United and West Brom. I think he has to play against United. He's the kind of player who can score out of nothing. And United aren't tight. Like they're not watertight. They're uh, they're giving up goals. And then you know West Brom the following week, I'd make a call then. Like my yeah. Jesus decision, if it hasn't really worked out, you know, if he gets three, four points between the two games, it's like, eh. Whereas if he... I know, I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah. It's... it's um, I, I just... I just, It's very hard to guess what Pep's going to do. Like, he's got a lot of players he has to, to keep happy as well. Um, and the last Champions League game is this week. Yeah. So you're into the Christmas period. So the rotation is now going to be in the Premier League games, not Europe Premier League, Europe Premier League. And that's kind of maybe what I'm waiting to see what happens with with Foden but he's on my bench this week so I don't have any mad urgency to get rid of him um, I'm kind of more keen on getting rid of my keeper but he's just completely fucked me over now with that price drop because I don't think I have enough money to swap him to, to who I wanted to <laughs> Is that still Mendy? It was Mendy I brought in James though so I have a bit of cover for um, for Chelsea but uh, just a bit annoying I've lost money on so many players now that's just Podence is down a price as well Ignore the bank. It's something I, I, I just don't think you can do it this season with all the kind of, there's so much choice between players. There's, you know, COVID. There's, like, I know for a fact I'm bringing in Salah and I knew he rose last night, but I just couldn't bring him in. I'd rather lose the point one because, like, you know, I've God lost knows what happens. Ones. God knows what happens in Champions League and people kind of think, well, Salah will be rest and rested in the Champions League, but it's not your direct transfer you have to worry about I have to worry about Bruno tonight I have to worry about just in case James played for Chelsea just in you know all of the European games yeah you know you don't want to make your moves well, now and then have to take minus fours minus I, I don't mind that if, 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 if it was a one-off point one but like I've lost so much money this season that I have now put myself in corners when I'm making transfer decisions so like yeah. when I was taking out Grealish and Cancelo uh, for the last game week, one of the ones I wanted to move to was Fernandez, and I was looking at cheap strikers or cheap defenders that I could bring in with him. And one of the combinations was, and I, it's for Captain Hindsight, but like one of the combinations I was looking at was Fernandez and Madip, was to downgrade Robertson, take out Grealish, bring in Fernandez, bring in Madip. I was point one short, I think point one or point two, and I've lost maybe point six or point seven <laughs> over the the season. Like so, that that's a massive difference. Like if you have money built up and your team is increasing in value you can make that decision and you have way more players that you can pick from uh, I also wanted to try I think it was Fernandez and uh, one of the strikers Bamford or somebody and again I was thinking it was short by 0.1 or 0.2 that's just really frustrating knowing that you've lost it that you could have made that decision 
Yeah, but, but like, anyway, focus on the positives. Yeah. Kirk, so I've lost 0.6 on one transfer in seasons gone by. Oh my God, that just gives me nightmares. <laughs> I just hit the button. I, I kind of go, I really do want Salah for the next four games. I want this guy. And like late at night, not really paying attention. And I hit the button and then all of a sudden I'm like, my team values lost like 0.6. I've definitely <laughs> done that in years gone by. And yeah, I know Willie did it last year with the Bruyne and I, I just, I couldn't get my head around it. I just like, what are you doing? <laughs> like just bench him. It's like, I can't bench him. It's like, oh my God, like I'm having a heart palpitations. <laughs> yeah. And come the end of the season, I don't focus on team value at all. And I don't really follow the price rises and. Oh, end of the season. I don't care, but it's, it's probably now it's when it, it's the most beneficial when you can oh, get yeah. onto players who are doing well. Oh no, that's what I mean though. Come the end of the season, I'm always kind of negatively impacted because I haven't. And just say I'm kind of going for a mini league where I'm first or I'm second. And the guy ahead of me has 3 million on me in bank. And I'm like, that's the difference between, you know, a Bruno. Oh, yeah, it's, it's huge difference. And a Jota or a, you know, um, but <laughs> a huge always, check and a Wilson. Yeah. You always kind of find a way. Oh no, you so, can only work what you have going forward, but it's just I, d- I just know from back of my mind like how many how much money I've lost. It's annoying. So Kirk, that feels like a very improv, unplanned conversation about football and FPL. And that's, that's what I is for. That's, that's what, what I like for. about this podcast. It's just me and you meeting up and having a chat. And if people want to listen to it, <laughs> they should. If, if people can decipher anything out of it, fair play. Yeah, but there's no real organization or planning or like we both have our football opinions we both do our own separate fpl research and then it just goes into a big melting pot yeah on the and also i contradict myself week to week which i find fascinating Um, like my main point from last week don't go anywhere near mares substitution this week brought in (laughs) classic as long as other people don't notice this we're golden um so i tell a, a mini lie because I do have a post-it note in front of me that says game week 11 review, game week 12 preview. And then it had hot topics. And by hot topics, I, I kind of was thinking about this earlier. I think it's like, get it off your chest for me and you. It's not necessarily hot topics useful. for yeah, FPL, for Twitter, else. or I know it will turn out to be useful, but it's not necessarily trying to put our fingers on the pulse of what's exactly going on. And it's what we want to talk about. And I'm quite confident that some of it will be useful, but I just think we've talked about so much in that first part of the podcast that we don't even need it. So is there anything you want to? Oh yeah. I've got, a whole, or, I've got a whole segment. Or do you want to move on to questions? No, I've got a whole segment on Spurs versus Arsenal. As I'm winking here at you, you want to move on. <laughs> how much, how long did the first section take? I have no idea, but go on, talk to me about Arsenal and Spurs. I'll keep it quick. I just wanted to. It's why I we're like here. To, Garks. I like to give out about Spurs and, I, I could give out of its spurs to this whole section again and just say, look, XG 0.3, scored two goals, um, yeah, less shots. Just, uh, But the real disappointment in that game was Arsenal. I mean, it's just how let down and disappointing is Arteta and Arsenal being the last couple of weeks. Like, just at the start of the season, they looked like they turned the corner a little bit. They had some interesting signings. Partey looked like a good signing. They got Sabellos back in. Signed Willian, who had a great season last season. Probably Chelsea's player of the season last season. Um, had a great debut. Three assists. Three assists on his debut. They had uh, Nketiah breaking through. They kept Aubameyang with a new contract. They had Saka breaking through. They got Tierney back from injury. Bellerin back from injury. They signed two centre-halves. You're kind of like, 
geez, this, these guys are going to do really well this season with Arteta. He's going to have them playing ball. It's going to be a Man City-esque. Aubameyang is going to score 30 goals. Fuck me, they're desperate. Like, really poor um, going forward. And we were talking about them a couple of weeks ago being solid at the back, which I think they probably still are. And if you're looking at their fixtures going forward, if you had to have an Arsenal player, it's it's probably still at the back. Um, they're playing Burnley, Southampton, Everton. Then they got Chelsea, but then they got Brighton and West Brom. So they've got a really, really good run of fixtures, but you just couldn't rely on any of their attacking players to return in that period. So um, if you watch the, the Spurs game, I, I watched the first 20 minutes and I, I think I saw the first goal and I turned it off. I just, it's just fucking rubbish football. Um, it's like, it's like Arsenal didn't know what Chelsea, or it's not like Arsenal didn't know what Spurs were going to do. It's like they have two players, like two out of 11, they have to keep an eye on, <laughs> right? The first one gets the ball in the middle of the park, sprays it out to the other guy on the left wing, and he just walks straight towards the goal. Everybody stands off him. Bellerin falls over, and he puts it in the top corner. And you're kind of going, like, what was your game plan here? Like, you got five at the back. You've got, like, two defense midfielders. Yes, the two danger players for the team who can't fucking come past their own halfway line without like being picked up by Kane and so on and carried. Like, I, I don't understand how they did this. I don't understand. Maybe I am giving about Spurs. This isn't an Arsenal conversation at all. <laughs> I just don't want to frame it as a Spurs conversation. But uh, it was, I actually turned off the game. It was atrocious. Um, Arsenal just kept dropping off, dropping off, dropping off. And Letting, I don't know what the, the tactic was. Was maybe that they were afraid of the counter attack, so they thought if they got enough people behind the ball quickly enough, they couldn't get at them. But like Son is lethal. Like you can't give him that much space at the edge of the box. Like that's and the the, the other second was the other way around. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, I don't know. But uh, it's very hard to to, to pin my colours to um, Spurs. Like with such low XGs and low shots, you're really relying on the two boys to pull it out of the bag. They're overperforming in terms of goals. I think Son is like ten goals and his XG is like three or something. Like it's it's mental. Like he's good enough to to pull out the low XG goals, but can you really bring him into your team relying on him doing that? Um and then when you're looking at Arsenal with their good fixtures, could you rely on anybody on their team to score a goal right now? thought it was a, an interesting game, if not a shit game that I couldn't watch. I was going to say, it seems like a stressful North London derby that you didn't even watch. Oh, I just I couldn't. I just look at the numbers afterwards and I'm just glad I didn't watch the rest of it. Um, I watched the highlights of the, just to see the second goal for Kane. I just like, party, uh, I think he fell over. I think he injured himself and he walked off the pitch and then he tried to come back onto the pitch and uh, didn't get back in time. And it was like three on two or something at the back. I don't know. I, I just it just one of those games I was looking at it going, I I wouldn't be looking really to get any of these players in. Um, yeah. The only thing for Arsenal is that they've got such a good run of fixtures. Like if you could afford to bring in someone for a clean sheet, it's probably the only way into either of those teams. Yeah, that's I it. Think, that's all I, I got. It was just a rant. I just wanted to rant about those two teams. <laughs> but Kirk, that's why we're here. It is like just whatever we want to get off our chest for this segment. That's what we Therapy do. Therapy because... section. Because later on, that's what we do for the, the listeners. We'll listen to their questions, rants, dilemmas, Did you watch that game? I didn't, know. Um, Probably better off. 
I didn't. I watched less football than usual uh, this weekend. Spurs is that not just like your typical Jose Mourinho setup? Yeah, like, that's I, just that's what, what they're gonna I, do. Uh, they're not. They're not Man City. They're not Chelsea. Even at the minute, they're they're really solid. They have like, these. Hold on. They're not actually. They're not Leeds. They're not Villa. They're not Brighton. <laughs> they're not Southampton. Like. Kirk's are oh. Spurs your new uh, vendetta team? Oh, by far! Like I actually have a bit, a bit of love for the um, Everton, where they have their eleven guys on the pitch and they're actually playing good football. And like you know, the start of the season they were great. Spurs were never great. It's, I actually, it's painful to watch. You can have respect for like Hoiberg and the way Jose sets up and wins games, but I just FPL wise, it, it's so hard to say. Yeah, get that guy into your team. He's getting. 10 shots a game and he's, his XG is off the charts and they're super attacking. Like, it's just so hard. But FPL-wise, it's very, very simple. It's like you either have Son or Kane <laughs> or both or yeah. just nobody else. And uh, I think I got rid of both of them on my wild card. No, I brought them in on my wild card and have subsequently got rid of them. But uh, I don't regret it at all. And But they're just the kind of guys that are going to get points out of nothing. They're so good. And I'm at peace with that. Like I'm not getting either of them back into game week 16, but I can completely respect what they do and that that's how they're going to challenge for the league. I, I think uh, that's why I'm more annoyed. I'm more annoyed at Arsenal and Arteta for almost just playing into it. Like, yeah, that's kind of maybe my bigger frustration. I have um, Gabriel at the back and I was like, uh, Arsenal are tight. Spurs are going to like just park the bus and try to hit them on the break. Like they should be able to contain this. And they just did the complete opposite. I think that's what just wound me up the most. Yeah, it's 3-0 to Leipzig and it's one of the worst goals I've ever seen. So I'm going to turn, <laughs> off, I'm going to turn off that match. Um, that's about time. I'm going to try and just reset here and get back in the zone. But that was absolutely atrocious. 3-0, Europa League, here we come. Um, Favourite for Europa League now. How did it come to that? Like one point out of two games and... Europa League. Tough group. It's pretty sad. I think Arsenal are like, it's like George Graham, except without the one of the 1-0. Do you know, he used to get slated for Arsenal 1-0, born Arsenal, you know. But like Arsenal aren't even getting the one goal every game. They're just very, very... There's no reason why they shouldn't be getting getting goals with the players they have. Oh, I know that. Um, I just completely <laughs> avoid them. I wouldn't even get in a defender for those games. It's just... What's the point? There's other defenders offering attacking returns, offering clean sheets. Arsenal are just, and it's this season is kind of strange because there's a lot of things different to other seasons. So, like, a lot of the familiar things are gone. And Arsenal being a semi decent FPL team that you can rely on, the likes of Aubameyang, you can maybe get in one or two of their players. They're just a write off this season. They may as well be West Brom. I think he's turning with the Burnley. <laughs> Bad Burnley at that. I I know. I think I just I had high hopes for Arsenal at the start of the season. I was saying how they looked a little bit better at the end of the last season, and like all these positives of tying down Aubameyang and all this kind of talk of like you know new players and new tactics. Mm. And Jesus, they'd won. They won the FA Cup last season. They won the Charity Shield. Like they won the last two pieces of silverware on offer in England. Like they were. I thought they were. Like, you know, I was looking forward to them. I thought, here we go. Arsenal are a, a proper team. Yeah, especially when they got Partey as well. Like, he's a bit a late signing and like, he just looked, his debut, he looked really good. Was the United game? 
Uh, I don't know if that was his debut, but he played very well against them. Yeah, dominated them. A, a double frustration for me. Spurs and Arsenal, both of them, annoyed the fuck out of me. Yeah. All right, we'll move on to my topic, and it's not what I'd planned on going to. I'm going to go look at something a little bit more left field, maybe light-hearted Kirks after that. Uh, <laughs> Unload. I had talked thought about talking about premiums but they'll probably all come up in the questions anyway what's your experience this season of actually watching football i'll explain that to you now i think a lot of the reasons why people are finding fpl hard and people are having nervous breakdowns and it's a bit trickier than other seasons is the kind of formatting of the tv matches so like we can watch every single match on tv this season which we never could like you used to have five or six on at three o'clock It'd be just a blitz of FPL points. You might be able to stream one of the games, but you're just checking live score. You're seeing things intermittently. You might check the scores at the end of the match. These weekends, I'm watching every single match. I'm seeing every single one of my players and, you know, all the highs, all the lows. I'm seeing every miss, every... And, like, kind of compounds it a little bit. Makes it a little bit harder when you're... I miss the three o'clock kind of... I, love, I actually loved I love the three o'clock fixtures for like loads of reasons though. Just like FPL betting highlights, just yeah. knowing what, what everything everything that's happening at the same time. I just I much prefer it than this kind of expectation of like someone playing Friday evening and they go six points ahead of somebody and then the next team's not playing till Monday night. And you're kind of going like they build it all up then to this like, oh, if they don't win this game, like whereas if they're all at the same time. You just kind of know everything at the, at the same time. Like it's half time in all the games, yeah. it's full time in all the games. I I much prefer it. But I kind of find that hard, and like I probably just need to switch off and not watch as much football. But uh, I don't need to know that. You know, my left back put a pinpoint cross onto my budget forward's head, and he missed it. <laughs> like usually, watch a match of the day. Yeah, it's one of the many things that's happening at that. Time. Yeah, whereas I'm kind of able to see every single incident, and it's probably like I'm always ranting about the live rank thing. I don't need to know every single little thing, but now I'm watching it live, um, and I kind of understand why they've done it because lockdown and what else do you have to be doing, and people can't go to games. But I think it's kind of taken away from the FPL experience for me. You seem to agree. I, I, I prefer if I had a choice I'd have all the games 3 o'clock on a Saturday um, but to saying that I have actually watched more football because you don't have a choice yeah. so like when there's a, a an odd game in previous seasons I'm actually quite enjoyed some of the games that maybe I wouldn't have normally watched um, my team of the season Brighton against like someone like Southampton who are fifth or against Villa who are doing well to start. They're not games I would have probably have switched on if all the games were on at the same time. I probably would have watched the Liverpool game or probably the City game um, or if there was a derby on or something. Do you so, have shares in Brighton? Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. I'm actually the the, the, the main shareholder at this stage. No, the, you're not. That's she, Tony That's Tony Bloom, Kirk, because I know him. He's a very, <laughs> no, no idea. He's a very famous gambler. No idea. Uh, fair play to him, though. Yeah. Great um, team. But yeah, I just... Um, I think I've probably seen a lot more games, probably better games. Like, if all the games were on at the same time, the highlight game of this weekend probably would have been the Arsenal-Spurs game. That would have been the one on Sky Sports, the, the North London derby, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, like, the best game of the, of the week was was probably, like, I don't know, the Chelsea game against Leeds or something. Like, it's... Maybe given a, a chance to see other games that wouldn't have been the Sky Sports fucking main event um, game. It's a fair point. 
Um, anything else you want to get off your chest there, other no, than North just, London? Just don't get me started on them again. North North London lunacy. <laughs> there you That's go. Title for the podcast. Yeah, actually, there you go. Bam! Finally, you've contributed it to the having podcast. A ner- having a nervous breakdown about other two than teams being on um, yeah, we'll move on to questions. Favorite time of the week. It's time. It's time. It's question time. Um, first question comes in from Nuclear Adams, a new friend of the show. He's like a question asking robot. I don't think he can be a real person. Just you put up the the request for questions. He's back to you within 10 minutes with a question every week. And uh, we appreciate it, but he might be a robot. Why are you still against Sun and Kane? They're both in form, and despite the tough fixtures, they're producing double-digit returns. Kirks? At least we, we touched off this before we can get into it again. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's really just about numbers. Like, if you looked at it just in terms of form, like, fair enough. Uh, look at the FPL returns, and you look, he's scoring 14, 15, 16 points. Where I get him in, I'll get those 14, 15, 16 points. But like looking at the underlying numbers and the shots in the box, like you were just talking about and the fixtures, their XG, like it will fall off. Like they can't go 38 games with these numbers. Um, I suppose the risk we're taking is they're in form. Maybe they will continue this until Christmas and you'll be able to get rid of them later on and you've mopped up all these points. But it's just very hard. I can't look at those numbers and watch that Arsenal game and decide to myself, Oh yeah, I'm bringing in Kane and Son. Like, you can't you can't watch a game like that and decide that this is the future of FPL. <laughs> you can't you're not allowed. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And when you when you kind of say why are we against them, we're not against them. But this season, I've just touched on it. There's like six premiums. They're all performing as well as each other, and you kind of have to back some of them and bet against others. And like the easiest way to do that sometimes is just fixtures and Spurs were coming into this horrible fixture run. Uh, they've played Man City, they've played Chelsea, they've played Arsenal. Now they, they got two wins in the draw out of that happy days, but they still have to play Palace, Liverpool, Leicester, Wolves in the next four. Whereas, whereas sorry, Man City have a nice run of fixtures, Liverpool have a nice run of fixtures. Um, you can't own all of the players all of the time and you have to, like I said, you have to bet against some of them the fixtures are in favor of the other premiums. Like Kirk said, the underlying stats are in favor of them. So I think you have to judge all of your moves on all of the information. Like some people go, Son and Kane scored points this week. That was brilliant. But like you have to judge it against who you might have had instead. So like I have KDB and Bruno at the minute, whereas I had Kane and Son a few weeks ago and I've captained KDB the last two weeks. He's got me 40 something points. Bruno has got me God knows how many points and I've captained him. I would not have captained Kane or Son in the last four or five weeks. And that's what it comes down to. And if they all score, happy days. But like I said, you have to kind of make a call on it. And they're the easy ones to to drop out. Like we're, we're big and saying on this podcast, uh, don't be result, results focused. It has to be all about the decision. And like, I'm more than happy with the decision to drop them. You know, they're so good that they might get you points in between, but uh, they weren't the obvious guys to hold when you kind of compare them to Salah, KDB, Bruno, and even Vardy. Like, yeah, I'd say fall mine, my, no, <laughs> <I'm just laughs> nodding along with it's it's obviously all audio. 
Um, like in my place for those guys, I had Salah, De Bruyne, and Werner. Yeah. Um, so Salah, fourteen points. De Bruyne, captain, twenty-eight points. Werner got the assist, five points. I mean, I don't know. Like I would have had to have drop out one of Salah, De Bruyne to fit one of them in. Like that to me is probably a, a net negative anyway. Yeah. So. And you wouldn't have captained them. No, I would have captained De Bruyne or Salah had a, had I somehow managed to get one of them in there. So. Yeah, it wouldn't have made any difference to me. And happy enough, what happened? Yeah. So nuclear, like it's all about decisions and it's all fine margins. But you can't own everyone, and we have to, especially when you're on a podcast. Like you have to kind of nail your colors to the mast, and that's what we're doing week keep, in week I keep, out. I keep messing that saying up. I think I've nailed my colors to a flag, nailed my <laughs> colors to a page, <laughs> just. <laughs> something else to a flag is this just you on uh your work zoom meetings and they're like oh here's this kind of colors guy doesn't really have a clue what's going on who can't use uh phrases yeah but thanks for the question it's a good question but uh i think we've uh, a solid answer to it as well next question comes in from robert hunt a new asker of questions welcome to the show how vital is salah most of my mini league have him and I don't, but most don't own KDB and I do. Okay. We all seem to own Bruno, Kane and Son. I've Jota as well. To get Salah, who I think is going to be most captain this week, I would need to remove Kane and Jota. Is that worth it? So, Kirk, I'm going to share my screen because there's a lot going on there. I just interrupt you and tell you that Leipzig 3, Man United 2. No way. Is it? <laughs> 93rd minute. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus. It's ah, heartbreaking. We're going to lose. I'm not going to put it back on, but let me know if... Uh, uh, it's, it's it's just about over, but yeah. Bruno with a penalty. Bruno with the assist and Pogba goal. Incredible. Incredible. Right. You've stopped me in my tracks. Sorry, you're sharing the screen. Yeah. Okay, so back to Robert Hunt. New asker of questions. Welcome to the show. The, the crux of the question is how vital is Salah? But read the rest of it there, Kirk. Yeah, so Salah is very vital. I suppose, where are you going with this? It's, it's right, so if it's KDB or Kane, you're keeping Kirk's, KDB. Can I just put you under the ultimate pressure? You're going to have to run the show on your own for two minutes. I'm going for a whiz. Keep going. <laughs> Answer that question. Okay, right. It's always weird. I, I just still do the talking, but like it's still weird because there's nobody there. Um, right, so I, I want to say Salah is vital, KDB is vital. You, you can't own all the premiums. It's kind of like what Andy was just talking about. Like, you have to make a decision on between the premiums of who you're going to have. So, one of them has to go. And for me, and I'm guessing Andy, it's it's Kane. Um, Jada is a great price. Um, I assume you have to get rid of him for money or is it for a Liverpool spot? Uh, I'd, I'd be looking to get Salah in. I mean, it just, it, it, the way Liverpool play, Salah is so important to them and takes penalties. Like he's always involved. You can see from the, the points he's getting the last couple of weeks that uh, like he's, he's going to be the guy that you need around. Whereas Kane, like we've just said, like he, he did get returns, but like they're low XG returns. Um, it's not something I want to be banking on. Jada is a bit of a form player. Like, will he keep his spot? Like, Firmino maybe going forward drops out and Jada keeps his place. But as I don't know, as long as he's scoring points, probably keep him in. He's he's a low enough low enough price that you can bench him. Um, 
I would imagine there's somebody else in the team that you can get rid of instead of Jota, unless it was a Liverpool spot that you had to free up. So I'd be saying get rid of Kane, get in Salah, and keep Jota for the short term, but maybe look to move him on going forward. There must be somebody else in the in your squad who you can you can remove if you need to make money for the Salah transfer. Good work, Karks. I'm so proud of you. Was, I kind of it was different. I thought it, was, I was, it wasn't the same. I thought it was gonna come back and you'd be like after taking off your top, just fingers up at me, <laughs> like, screw you, Drew. I'm not doing this. But, uh, yeah. I, I, from the tail end of that, I think Sal is vital the next few fixtures. Yeah, that's um, what I'm saying. I just, uh, like, with the fixture run and the XG and the involvement, Sal is going to do better than Kane, I guess. I was just saying, maybe the Jada move, is that a, a Liverpool spot that has to be freed up or is it a money Swap. Could be money because he's seven million now, so you know it's quite a chunk of change. Well, if you sell you him, to... you're, you're not bringing him back then because you probably lose probably fucking point four on him. Yeah, true. But uh, we we talked about it in the previous question. Like Salah's my number one over the next six game weeks. He's Kirk's number two. Kane is near the bottom of the list, and it's just purely fixtures. But even if you look at uh, if we look at the teams themselves, like. Liverpool are an attacking team. They create loads of chances. They dominate teams. Spurs are a really defensive, anti-football, counter-attacking team. <laughs> they might get like a handful of chances per game and you're relying on Kane. And he might well, like he might well be good enough to do it. But I'd always go for the team that have the high volume of chances, the attacking team. It's, it's a no-brainer for me. Get rid of Kane. Like you've got to get in Salah. He's the most obvious captain this week. And uh, take it from there. Yeah, one week it's it's going to happen now. Next couple of weeks, where unlike last week, where all the all the premiums scored, there's going to be a week where two premiums score. Yeah, and to me, that the two most likely are KDB and Salah, and and then probably Bruno maybe after the City game. But there's going to be a week where I think Kane and Son owners, like when you've got both of them, are going to get stung because they're the most likely to blank. And there was last week. People have short memories, like they drew nil all with Chelsea while KDB was hauling. Was Bruno Holland? Yeah. Fardy nicked an assist. Um, you know, scored as well, didn't he? Yeah. So, yeah, we've kind of covered that in the last few questions. Next question comes in from Slim Shady, another new friend of the show, taking these lads off probation, Kirks. I don't know what you think about that. No comment. <laughs> uh, Bamford or Wilson in for DCL? Need funds. You're going Bamford and I'm going Wilson. So, don't know okay. what to say. I'm very <laughs> pro Bamford though, and uh, I've answered this on Twitter somewhere else, so I might be repeating myself. But like the long term option is Bamford. His stats are way ahead of Wilson. He's playing for an attacking team that create loads of chances. Newcastle again, it's like Tottenham versus Liverpool. Newcastle are a negative team. They rely on Wilson nicking a goal out of nowhere, getting a penalty. I'd rather the team that are creating chances, Bamford's firing in shots. The only kind of equaliser here is the fixtures. Like Wilson plays off the top of my head, West Brom, Fulham and Leeds. He might play all three promoted teams in the next three weeks. Um, Keep an eye on, is the Newcastle-West Brom match going to be cancelled? Because that's a a big negative against Wilson. You're getting rid of one of the best fixtures he's going to have. Uh, I'd happily play Bamford against anybody. Like I'd get him in and keep him for the season. 
know, he scored against I, Chelsea there. He he's playing United in a few weeks. I expect him to get chances against them. I fully he's agree. Gonna, yeah. Um, long run, it's Bamford. I have Wilson, and like you said, he's got West Brom, Leeds, Fulham. I want him for those three games, and then mm. I'm actually probably going to consider switching him to Bamford, and it will be because of that. I switch him to yeah. Bamford and, and leave him there then. Um, afterwards, I'm, I'm I just don't know if I want to double up on leads. Like I I do like Rafinha as an option in midfield, so that's kind of maybe give me an either or option with Bamford or Rafinha. But yeah, Wilson because I have him. Um, hindsight with the missed game and his injury, that stuff, I probably should have just brought in Bamford a couple of weeks ago. But uh, I'm not swapping him out with that run of games, and then I'll look to probably bring Bamford in long long term. So for pure balance. I'll also have to say Wilson has penalties, whereas Bamford doesn't look like he has. Looks like Klitsch has. But I said this somewhere else as well. Newcastle are playing West Brom and Fulham, who have defended really well against, like, West Brom defended well against Spurs, against United. Fulham defended quite well against Leicester, City. Like, a lot better teams than Newcastle. Newcastle aren't going to hammer either of those teams. Uh, you're looking for probably for just a penalty or uh, that, that one goal. Yeah, but, uh, it's just three games where he's got a good chance to maybe get a goal or two. So, yeah, make up your mind there, Slim. There is a decision to be made in the next three game weeks, I think. But we've kind of covered it there. Next question comes in from Fintan Donnelly, good friend of the lads, enem- <laughs> enemy of the show. Uh, what what are you getting in lemongrass? <laughs> What's the one with the egg? <laughs> the only one we ever get. So a bit of context, we've booked our lads Christmas party. We haven't been out in months because of lockdown. Only six of us are allowed to go. Willie didn't make the cut. <laughs> and uh, we're going to our favourite Thai restaurant. So what do you get? Are you getting Nazi Goreng, Kirks? It's probably that. Or don't they do the, uh, the sea bass? The, um, yeah, the kind of... Ba- it's not battered sea bass, te- but... Tempura. Yeah, that's really nice to know. I think it's probably between those two. Making I kind of think it's the first time going out for dinner in months and um, after christmas the cases could go through the roof and we mightn't be out again i'm not taking any chances i'm getting my favorite nazi goreng <laughs> uh second question from finton are you a strava or an actual man i'm a big fan of strava i've actually just i quit strava so nobody can see what i'm doing and i'm actually on a different site that nobody knows about so that people can't be giving me grief Fair enough. And then <laughs> an actual FPL question. Time to bring back in the dinger, Danny Ings. Uh, I don't want to bring him in. I, I, like, I like Danny Ings. He's lethal. But I just, and I said at the start of the season, I, Southampton are that team who have like really good run of fixtures and then a really poor run of fixtures or results. And they've just seemed to be a little bit overachieving at the moment. And I'm, I'm kind of gambling on that dipping and them having a bad run. Um, that's I don't know. That's just pure speculation, though. It's pulling out of my hole. Like, just I, I, I think they're like expected points. They're one of the highest teams. Uh, beneficial. They're fifth. They're not going to finish fifth, which means they're going to drop a few games. So, I, yeah, probably a bit of a daft thing to say, but I, I'm avoiding them because I expect Southampton to go on a bit of a downturn. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I couldn't put anyone off uh, Danny Ings. He was meant to drop last night, but I don't think he did. He's 8.3 million now. If he had a drop to 8.2, it would have been a nice bit of bank kirks. But uh, Southampton play Sheffield United next at home. Nice fixture. Arsenal, nice fixture for them. Then City, who knows? Then Fulham and West Ham. I think the fixtures are quite nice. I just think there's 
better options at the lower prices, like we discussed. We both said Wilson or Bamford. But uh, Danny Ings for a couple of million more. I, I think uh, uh, price-wise, I wouldn't be too worried if you think Southampton are going to win, uh, well, say, three of the next five games. So Sheffield, Arsenal, City, Fulham, West Ham. Yeah. Uh, I think they could lose all those games. Because that's, kind of, <laughs> that's the kind of team Southampton are. Like, they, they could rock up and beat City. And then they could lose to Fulham. Like, so you're you're kind of just taking a gamble on um, how you think they're going to perform. Yeah. So Kirk's is my my screen still sharing there? Yeah. Yep. Probably knows. I'm skipping some questions because I'm going to go back to them. I'm skipping some of the harder questions That's, for now. I'll, I'll leave all this management shit to you. I just yeah. sit here, drink, and and answer questions. Fair enough. Next question comes in from another very good friend of the show. Um. And the only other podcast that we've ever been on, the FPL Hangover podcast. Jer, uh, so DCL owners, ignore the fixtures and just plow on, or can a switch be justified? Hmm. You don't he, own him, do you? No, I just think of his price rise. He's one of those guys, if you got him cheap, I would just keep him because you can't go back to him uh, with yeah. the amount he's gone up. And if you got him on the cheap, fuck it. You can even bench him. Like, who cares? It's whatever, six million or something. Kirk's normal people don't bench players like that. I'm you saying, bench your four and a half million guys. You bench your five million midfielder. <laughs> you don't bench. I bench anybody. Anybody. <laughs> um, but like, if you got him in recently with the, with the large price increase, I think you probably could do a switch. Uh, does that make sense? I think that makes sense. Yeah, keep talking. <laughs> Uh, so if you got him early, he's not really a big burden on you. You can make some money on him, but you're not going to get him back in for the same price. So you're going to take a hit. So it's a permanent switch. Whereas if you got him recently, you can switch him around and bring him back in if you want without any kind of major money loss. So, yeah. There you go. I think he's a he's a weird one. He's an easy one to bet against in my head, even though I own him because he doesn't take penalties. Everton's form has dipped quite a lot, and uh. Like his goals are just so uninspiring. Like they're all from about four yards out, just throwing his leg at stuff. And can yeah, you... I I kind of like that about him though. Like, like he's that... not gonna he's not gonna score from outside the box. He's also not gonna run, kind of get a true ball true and run past the defense and slot it in. I kind of noticed him the last few weeks getting played in, and he's actually too slow to just get ahead of people. He's been caught up and had to turn back. Like all he offers is kind of good movement and good finishing in the six yard box. And then obviously the 14 foot jump into the air when the ball is put in. So <laughs> nobody's getting up above him. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm keeping him. It's just, he's too uh, consistent for me to get rid of. Yeah. I just think because he's the focal point in a team that can play very well, that he's always worth having the same as Bamford or the same as Wilson. Like he's the number nine. He's the, the guy who's going to be at the end of things. Like he will rob goals off people. Like yeah. I'm pretty sure he's next two of Richarlison's goals this season already, <laughs> um, but that's fine. Like he's he's that's what he's there to do to poke the ball over the line. And they're a good enough team that, especially when they get the the two boys back, uh, Dinia and Coleman are playing, and the uh, Richarlison's back, and James's balls are better. Um, like he he's he's the guy who's going to be on the end of all that. So yeah. that's the, that's the argument for him. Without checking, I think he's blanked in two games this season. That's unreal consistency for his price. So I'd keep him anyway. And then non-FPL non, non FPL question. Any phobias? 
spiders and the like, not your own mortality or something. <laughs> I used to be really afraid of, um, did you ever do like uh, open sea canoeing? <laughs> no, did you ever go like canoeing like at a beach? Like when you go off the pier and you, you, you kind of, you. Oh, I went kayaking on a lake before, but I haven't gone open sea canoeing and it's uh, such a niche. Sea, or, or open sea kayaking. It fucking petrified me when I was younger. I don't know what it was. I it's think such I'm like a niche Jaws fear. Or... <laughs> no, I, I think it's a real fear. I'm going to Google it now. But uh, I think I'd watch like as a kid, like Jaws and fucking some squid film and it basically haunted me forever. Fear of depths is termed bathophobia. There you go. Okay. Um, I used to be afraid of spiders, not so much now because you're still afraid of spiders. No, no, I'm not. If really. I brought a spider over in my hand and pretended to throw it at you, you'd scream like a little girl and leave and probably punch me. Yeah, but why would you do that? <laughs> the proof of point at this stage. <laughs> Go on, tell us your brave story about how you overcome your fear of tiny spiders. No, but it's like when you grow up and you become a man, Kirk, and you live in a house <laughs> and you have to be the person who gets rid of the spiders. You kind of change when I was younger, like when we were late teenagers, early 20s, I used to be terrified of spiders. And uh, I remember my dad once when I was living at home and I used to just sponge off my parents and be like, can I have money to go out for pints? And I'd be like, you need to hoover, you need to do this or whatever. And then they kind of got a bit sick of me. So dad one time was like, OK, here's the money if you want to go out, just take it out if you want it. And he'd actually put it in a jar of spiders. It sounds like something not that <laughs> celebrity getting me out of here. He went out to the shed and collected a load of spiders. And it was like, I don't even remember what it was. It might've been 50 euro in there, a hundred euro even. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. I, I, I'll, I'll stay at home on my own. And Did you actually stay at home that night? Yeah. I was like, I'm not doing that. Um, no, I think they gave me the money in the end. And I could go out, but it was that's just- a, That's a kind of bit mental torture stuff. Uh, but yeah, now spiders, I'm very much against killing them. So if they're in the house and anyone wants me to get rid of them, I have to ca- try and catch them and put them outside, which is kind of daunting because I, I have a mini fear of spiders still, but it's nowhere I, I near as bad as it used to be. They don't bother me at all, but girlfriend hates them. And um, <laughs> there was one that we were sitting in the sitting room and there's like this shadow at the bottom of the door and she flipped she's like, what the fuck is that? And it's like, that's not, no worry about it. A fucking giant spider comes across the floor, and like literally, you could hear him running on the on the on the wooden floor. And I was like, "Oh my god!" So she freaked out, and I had I had to catch him. I refused to kill him because he's so big; it actually yeah. felt like murder. So I was kind of like, "It's like you're not fucking leaving him here." So I had to go around the block to let the <laughs> spider out. <laughs> I was like, for fuck's sake! I'm a bit of a sucker for getting fears of traditional things in countries i'm going to if that makes any sense no this so, is this is a weird one go on so in the last few years like i've gone on holidays to canada and like helen will always do the research on the flights and the accommodation and sites and i'll be like looking up dangers and i'm like right there's bears oh, in canada the bears yeah there's grizzly bears in canada there's brown well they are grizzlies there's black bears there's fucking polar bears up north and i'm like trying to figure out how to deal with these and we were up in the Rocky Mountains kind of walking through foresty areas and I'm just adamant I'm going to come <laughs> across a bear. Oh, I'll properly shit myself. Like, what do I, like I've done all the researches, like don't run away, just talk to the bear. I'm like, oh, I'm so going to see a bear. But like for those few months, I'm terrified of a bear. And then last, no, this year we went to South Africa and like getting in the sea, just absolutely terrified of seeing a great white. I'm just like, they live here this is I'm, the one place where you're going to see one 
yeah, I'm not going to get one in Bray or fucking Port Marnock Beach or wherever I usually go, but there could be one here. And like in my head, I'm adamant I'm going to see one. Um, no, fear of bears is a uh, arctophobia. Yeah, never heard that one before. And uh, fear of sharks, gelif, geliophobia. Hmm. But I'll take both go. of them because neither are in Ireland. So if they're your fears, you're doing okay. In fairness, you're meant to be afraid of bears and sharks. I mean, like, it shouldn't really be a phobia. It should just be like common sense. Y- yeah, but like, it's not just a fear. It's kind of like I'm, I'm convinced I'm going to come across one because I'm in that country. <laughs> First guy to come across grizzly bear in Toronto. Yeah, which makes no sense. Next question comes in from another good friend of the show. At what point should we start panicking that two million is where we'll finish? For Kirk's, obviously. Uh, panicking jeez I'd be delighted if I think if I finish 2 million this season uh, I yeah. think Alan, Alan must be about 2 million I don't know it, it's, I said at the start of the season a couple weeks ago like it, it's all very tight uh, this season because it's just like the premiums all kind of cancelling each other out if you had Vardy and then you had Mares, like there's hat tricks everywhere just like there's uh, budget strikers and players everywhere like the average scoring and the top 10k scoring is still quite close. I don't. I feel like you could have a, a very big jump with a couple of good weeks. Um, now saying that, I don't really think I'll probably finish top million. Um, and anything higher than that is probably a pipe dream. But saying that, it, it, it's possible to have a big jump if you're sitting around two, three, four million. I, I still think it's very easy to close that up to the to, to close to the one million mark without much effort. Yeah, and a very repetitive man that I am. But last season, game week 16, I was 2.8 million. Like, that's, what, five or six game weeks down the line from here. And I still finished 300k just by, I said every week, Kirk's ABCFPL. And my big worry for you is you don't have it in your locker. Oh, no, you, I know I don't. I'm not even trying. Yeah, you get a bit panicky. You start doing all this mad shit. Whereas other people like Alan just keep... Like I said, ABC, FPL, nail your chips, kind of get more captains right than you get wrong and you'll climb the ranks. People drop off. People stop playing. People don't use their chips properly. It's grand. Kirk's is fucked, but uh, normal people <laughs> could be okay. I finished seven millionth in one game week, Andy. Seven millionth. Right. We've two questions left and then I think we can wrap it up. Um, right. Comes in from Paulie, good friend of the show. Ziesh and Mitchell are gone. Suggestions for replacements. So he has Grealish, KDB, Bruno and Podence in his midfield and he's 12.8 million to spend. So Ziesh and Mitchell are gone. Um, I'll just talk while you're looking there, Kirks. Because I have... I'm thinking, thinking what to do. I, I've, I had Mitchell. Um, go on anyway. I've the odd idea. And I, I have nothing that I love either. So I'd either go Ziesh like for like. I'd be quite happy to get Mountain, who's... A good bit cheaper than him. He's he's pretty nailed at this stage. He's got three assists in his last five games. He's taken a lot of set pieces. He's putting a lot of corners onto Zuma's head. And uh, he scored the odd goal this season. Um, at the price and with Chelsea's fixtures, which are on paper, they're middle of the road, but they're actually not that bad. They're playing Everton, Wolves, West Ham, Arsenal and Villa. Like their yeah. defense is quite good. They've more than enough in midfield and up front to be getting goals and Mount just seems like it's a bit of a running joke now in the football world. Like he's a bit of a pet with Lampard, but he's kind of oh, like a part like of Lampard. that team. I think he's very good. I think he deserves to be, to be put into that team, either in the wide position or put into midfield. 
he's a very, very good player. Yeah, one thing that stands out in Paul's team is he doesn't have Salah, and uh, with 12.8 million, you can't get him in without a hit. So, I might think about getting in Jota if you want some sort of Liverpool coverage. I don't think he can cover Salah, but you on a lucky day, you might get would you, you take know, a hit? I'd look at that game coming up with Fulham. Would you take the hit and get Salah and captain him? I don't know, it depends what his other premiums are. He has KDB Bruno, wouldn't get rid of either of them. So, does he have Kane up front? We've been saying he's the easy sell. Um, who is there anyone standing out? Because I think you should pick your midfielder first and then your defender kind of just falls into place. Yeah, the, the defender's not too much of a problem here because Mitchell's was a cheap, so he's probably mm. on the bench either way. Like when you can get rid of him, fine. Or if you have, even if you could drop him down to somebody <coughs> a little bit cheaper, if you had to make up a 0.2 or 0.1. Uh, price difference you could always drop him down to somebody who's not playing and just put that money into getting somebody else in for Ziyech I, I kind of angled towards um, Ziyech to Salah just how could you get that to work I don't think he can without getting rid of uh... he's on the bench sorry just scroll down a little bit oh yeah you're there nobody uh, Grealish and sorry uh, Grealish found Ziyech he's Chilwell and Thing. What about like I don't know what the price difference is. I'm thinking out loud, but like if Ziyech comes out, Salah comes in. Is there a way to downgrade one of Robertson or Chilwell even? Um, I, I'm not against as well. Like he has a lot of players here who are playing, and I said it last week. Is just bring in the cheapest player you can find. Take out Grealish and bring in that lad for Everton or someone who's like 3.8 million, and just put him on the bench. Um, as it stands, you can't play all these guys. Like even when Grealish comes back into that team and you obviously you're making two subs, somebody has to be on the bench. So I mean, don't plan for having a, the perfect 15 plan to have a good starting 11 and uh, the first good sub. Uh, and you can fix it then over the coming game weeks. Yeah. I think he's kind of made his bed that he can't get Salah in without real surgery, which I wouldn't two, be two free transfers. Yeah. It's going to be a minus four though. Two free no? transfers and a, a third transfer for minus four. Yeah. Oh, that's your team now. Sorry. Jeez, I was just switching it. Uh, I, I wouldn't be against taking a hit if it meant bringing in Salah and captain him. And you're looking at a very good fixture uh, if it solved the problem in the long run. Yeah. I, I, you could, could be punished by that. Oh, you could uh, be punished hugely. That's why I think you either pray that you, like, you get the game where Jota didn't start the last time. He's mightn't start in the Champions League and against Fulham he's shown he can be quite explosive like he scored a hat-trick already this season what if he's the guy who gets a brace okay, against Fulham yeah. so, so what we're saying is you either get Salah or you cover Salah as best you can yeah and Jota's like a lot cheaper you're kind of saving some money there um, like I, I said Mount is Jota a stopgap yes as in that's like get Jota in cover yourself and then you're working towards trying to get Salah in over a longer period of time or else you're just taking the hit now and getting Salah straight in. I think that's kind of what we're saying. Yeah, and he's not even a stopgap. He's a potential stopgap. It might go horribly wrong. Salah scores a hat-trick. Everyone's captained him and you're you're screwed, really. Um, the only other person that stood out to me is, I read a few things today, that West Ham are one of the teams guaranteed to have a double game week in 19. Is that so it? 100%. I think it's pretty close, yeah, them and West Brom, but there's going to be a lot more teams that will have it in that game week. But at the minute, we know them. 
So I quite like Jared Bowen. He's 6.3 million. Um, he looked really, really lively and dangerous against United. He's four goals, one assist this season. Um, pretty nailed. He started every game. Yeah, that's a really good show. If I mean, obviously, if you can get any kind of handle on the double game weeks and, yeah. and plan towards it slowly, it means you don't need to waste a free hit or a wild card or whatever when other people who aren't planning will just kind of panic chip. Mm. Uh, if you can be working towards like a double game week with a Bowen or an Antonio or someone, that'd be that'd be a good move. Yeah. And if you really wanted Salah, maybe you could. Uh, I don't know if I'd go down this route myself, but you, maybe you could get rid of like a Robertson, seven point one million for a Balbuena, who's four point four million. So you're he's pretty nailed on for West Ham. You're getting the double game week, and then you might be able to get in salah for ziesh you still probably have to downgrade someone else but uh if you're going to avoid salah i'd i'd look at mount or jota and then just the defense will sort itself out pick whoever you can afford yeah uh, even you're, there's no major rush to get swap mitchell out just put him on your bench you're playing proper like fucking egyptian roulette aren't you though not having salah this week <laughs> could be yeah. one of those though where it turns out to be nothing Do you know fulham oh, yeah, set no, up defensively it, Mane to, to, scores two goals and it's 2-0. To completely counteract what we just said, like people could be taking hits and wild cards and whatever to get Liverpool players in for this run of fixtures and you don't. Uh, and it, it's completely in your, in your favour. Um, I, I'd rather have them. But yeah. anyway. And the last question comes in from FPL Uncorked. Very good friend of the show. Can you see this screen, Kirks? I can't. Yep. How deep of a bench do you recommend having ahead of the Christmas period in this unusual season? How much budget are you willing to spend on each spot? That's a good question, actually, because normally I would probably even say as much as two absolute bench fodders. Um, like guys, I don't. I just times I've played, I don't even. They're not even in the game. Like they're like lads who've gone on loan <laughs> to Germany or have retired or something. But the, the price <laughs> has gone down. So, the price has just gone down so low that like it's just beneficial to, to get that point too and put it somewhere else. Yeah. Get in, uh, Peter Crouch. This season, I think I I kind of want two playing uh, subs, not the goalkeeper, but like just the first and second. And it's it's happened already a couple of times this season where I've needed to use them, especially things like games getting called off or. If you have a like last week, Grealish and Wilson, uh, I didn't have a second playing sub, so I had to do something and it forced me into a, a sub. So I, I'd say you need two. Um, in terms of price, there's no reason to go big on them. I mean, like I've got Lamptey and Podence, uh, Rafina, like these are all knocking around a five million mark, four and a half to five and a half million mark. They're, they're more than capable of coming in and, and getting points if you have the right guys. Uh, for the fixtures yeah I agree with that like you said it's a good question I don't know how good an answer I have because I'm just not putting a lot of credence or worry into any kind of COVID stuff and it's not that I'm an anti-mask person or I don't believe that COVID is real <laughs> as I have been accused of on a different podcast Um I just think Christmas is it's the time of year where you need a strong bench regardless and just play it like you normally would. Um, you need, like you said, two playing subs. I don't worry about my goalie. Two strong playing subs, three if you can have them, but I was calculating my bench earlier. I have 15 million between the three outfield players. I wouldn't spend any more of that coming up to Christmas. Just have like someone like Basuma, Anguissia, Bru- even a Brewster. 
is going to be on my bench. And I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to get at least 10 minutes a game. And that's fine by me over Christmas. I just want people who have a chance of points. Um, I wouldn't be going, you know, getting in 6 million, 7 million people on my bench. It's just a waste of uh, money and you're weakening your first 11. But it's definitely something to take into account. And it's not like what you said, normal season, you can't have two bench fodders. I always think you're saying bench fathers. They're like, what are fodder. they? Fodder. Fodder? Yeah. Fodder? Especially, what a show. Um, <laughs> you know, especially if you have a free transfer, if you have two free transfers one week and you're struggling to use one, maybe upgrade. Like a problem on my bench at the minute coming into Christmas is uh, Kilman because Spurs are playing a back, or not Spurs, Wolves are playing a back four. And he doesn't really fit into it unless they go back to a back five. He's just a waste of 4.7, no, 4.3 million on my bench. So I might swap him to a four and a half million defender that will play. And there's loads of four and a half million defenders that are good. There's actually a few four and a half million midfielders. And like I said, Brewster is, he's fine. He's just um, cheap and he's getting, going to get minutes. Yeah, he's not going to score any goals by the looks of things. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. A few lads uh, increased in price. Vestergaard was a sneaky one there a couple weeks ago, but he's he's gone up now since he scored that goal. The bandwagon got on him after he scored. Yeah, it's like he has a competition with Zuma. Two boys uh, are banging in the goals. Yeah, Zuma as well. He's gone up a good bit though. But like, yeah, there's definitely his options in that five million plate mark that you can have. Like even Walker Peters is still four point six. Uh, yeah, Bednarak four point five, Kufal four point six. They're they're all good options. Especially if you can get a handle on the double game weeks, like we said. So if you can get in a Kufal or a Masuaku or Balbuena, or, um, even I think Villa will probably have a couple of double game weeks. If you get in a Consar or a Target, or um, definitely sure. keep an eye on your bench. You, you do want a slightly stronger bench than usual, but I wouldn't go to town. You know? I, th- I think it's just in the order of the first sub should be a decent five and a half six million the second guy should be a four and a half five million and the last guy should probably be just whatever the hell cheapest thing you need fair enough that brings us to the end of the question kirks we've talked a lot today and um, we always laugh about it but that could be our first ever four hour long podcast probably not even a record at this stage yeah and uh, at least i didn't have to watch that uh absolute roller coaster heartbreaking joke shop of a match in the champions league i kind of wanted to see you jump up and down on your chair though as it was like, they pulled one back, they pulled two back two minutes later. You would have been all over the shop like a gummy bear. Yep. But that brings us to the end of the podcast. As we say every week, thanks for listening. If you did make it to the end of the podcast, we really do appreciate it. And we laugh and we joke and we call people idiots and we pretend that we only have four listeners. <laughs> you call people idiots. I don't know who they are. But uh, we do appreciate the thousands of people that listen to this podcast every week and uh, interact with us and ask us questions and um, makes it that little bit easier just getting out of bed on a Tuesday and rolling into the studio because neither of us work anymore. <laughs> so we're making so much money out of the podcasting game. But yeah, anyway, Kirk, thanks for joining me. I enjoyed that chat and I said it during the podcast, just very much felt like a random chat about football, but that's why we're like, here. I feel like it really helped me get over my uh, North London Derby fears. Yeah, and I'm still afraid of bears and sharks. (laughs) So we'll leave it there. Thanks a million for listening. Good luck and good night.